Hello again, everyone. Yes, we're back this quickly for another edition of Night Court. I'm Rob Fisher, Grizzlies host, sideline reporter on Twitter at The Fish Nation. He is Brevin Knight, 12-year NBA veteran, Stanford alum, NBA TV analyst for the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, we, we did a show, Brevin, the other day that had a shelf life of two days because we talked about game one and we talked about game two. Well, now game two is over, so our show only really lasted for two days. So we figured now we got to just do this between games and uh, just give you a little version of a night court between games. So we're, we're back. We're back quickly. Yeah, we, it's, it's um, special circumstances called for special times. And so in these, right. in these special times, we do you know, special things. Of, yeah, we we're, we're come back a little bit quicker for you. That's right. That's right. And we are very excited today because, uh, and by the way, you can get Brevin on the Twitter as well, at BrevinKnight22. You can get the show at NightCourt22. Thank you for listening. And uh, make sure you tell all your friends, family, and grandma uh, to tune on it. My grandma's in town. Not my grandma, my mom. My kid's grandma is in town. She came to the game. She came to game two. She had a great time. And, and she spent a lot of time at the game with you uh, more than she did with me. Because as I said on the last show, my mom, and I quote, I really like that Brevin. <laughs> they, my, mom is like my mom. That, that, we, we, we get along great, and, and we had a good hug and a great talk. And yeah. I just want you to know that you sounded like a granddad was saying how they can get me on the Twitter. Oh, on, well, on the Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Um, I mean, it's also a special day. We are we are live on location today. We are overlooking downtown Minneapolis, uh, across the street from Target Center, where the action will take place tomorrow night. And behind Target Center, we can see the top and see in on Target Field as well. Baseball stadium for the Minnesota Twins. Plan on going to the game Friday. See the White Sox and Twins. Looking forward to that. All right. Also, it's a special occasion today on the program because joining us, we don't have guests on this show because, frankly. <laughs> We don't want guests. We really only respect our own opinions. <laughs> but occasionally, we have a special surprise pop-in. And today, being in Minneapolis and being with us, it's the radio voice of your Memphis Grizzlies, Eric Hasseltine. How are you, man? Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. started the show. I'm great, man. How are you? Doing well. Yeah. I've never been happier to be in Minneapolis. It's the playoffs, man. It's a special time. <laughs> no, it's it's fun. It's it's. It's kind of nice to face a different team than over the mm -hmm. years we've seen the Grizzlies play against. I mean, we've been to Portland, we've done San Francisco, obviously Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Los Angeles. But to be able to, to do a different city for the playoffs, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the playoff crowd is here in Minneapolis. They haven't had many playoff appearances in the last handful of years, but I uh, was told by Wolves television analyst uh, Jim Peterson, who had a nice NBA career himself and has been almost a quarter century now with the Wolves on their broadcast, uh, said that he expects it to be rocking at Target Center tomorrow night. So I think it's going to be a fun, fun atmosphere yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about game two, Brevin. Um, there were a lot of things better. I mean, we talked about it after game one, the list of things that needed to be better. Grizzlies were better in virtually all of those things. Well, I, we, we they got back to being themselves. And, yeah. and I thought the, the biggest thing is they – they found a rhythm. You know, when everybody was talking about it was a must-win game, I said it was a must-rhythm game. Yeah. Um, because I, at the end of the day, I still think that they're a better team than the Minnesota Timberwolves when they play well. And they went out and they played extremely well. They, they defended well, moved the ball well. 
and and the bench was fantastic. It was just it was it was Grizzlies basketball, and if they can reproduce Grizzlies basketball on a consistent basis, and I think more times than not we'll walk out from games smiling. Yeah, it, and it, it was uh, I mean. And it, you have to say it starts with the defense. I mean, basically, you couldn't give up 130 and win in the NBA. You gave up less than 100. I mean, you have to say it started on that end, right? Oh, it was, it was 100%. Defense. And then that kind of makes everything else fall and, along. And before I go any further, I have to say that Brandon Clark was phenomenal in both games. And my wife told me that if I didn't say it, I would be doing him a disservice. Because wow. on the last episode, we didn't give him the love that he deserved from what he had done in game one. So, oh, okay. so I got to make well, sure I give him the love. But, yeah, that's but fair. defensively, I thought it was great. And, and, and listen, the, the, the elephant in the room was going to be the rotation. And because of fouls, it really forced the hands of rotation. But that force of a hand, we, we, we may have found uh, what we already knew was a diamond in a rough for this series. The whole flight to Minneapolis today, I was so excited to ask you this question. I'm now excited to ask both of you this question. I'll start with you, Eric, since you're the guest. Um, go Not ahead and wow. go and spring the tough one on you. Does Steven Adams start game three? Uh, I don't think he can. Wow, that is crazy. I, it, and I'm glad that he's going to find out tomorrow because when we were getting off the plane, I was kind of in the doorway and he put his big hand on my shoulder and I think I crumbled. <laughs> so I, I don't want to see when he's angry how much force he brings down. I don't think he can. I think Brevin said it best. Uh, your hand was forced by, you know, 20 fouls called in that first quarter, mm-hmm. and 33 free throws. And the Grizzlies got their free throws. But, you know, you look back on that, it, it forced the Grizzlies to go to their bench because all four of your front court main rotation guys all had two fouls in the first quarter. Dylan had two. Jaron Jackson had two. Steven Adams had two. Brandon Clark got two. So Xavier Tillman's got to come in. Kyle Anderson's got to play more minutes. Zaire Williams comes in, and those guys performed and played well. Um, I agree with you about what your wife said, Brandon Clark, with a double-double and then a terrific effort again last night. I thought he was We're not talking about Brandon Clark. I'm sorry, Dina. We're not doing it right now. Great defensively, but I think it showed with his athleticism, with Tillman's athleticism, with Kyle Anderson's length, the way to match up with Minnesota is not by having your biggest guy out there in Steven Adams because it's just with Towns, it's a tough matchup for him, and he certainly can't go out on the perimeter against Jared Vanderbilt. So you've got to kind of think about this, and, and that's a, a testament to Taylor Jenkins that Steven Adams plays three minutes, doesn't play again, because this isn't about feelings and like, hey, we want to make sure you're okay moving forward. This is about you got to win right now, and they – did it defensively, like you said, the ball movement, as Taylor called him, hockey assists. Mm-hmm. We saw more than five or six or seven in the first half alone extra passes that led to better shots. So I, I think that the rotation probably is going to change for game three, and I think you throw it out there game three and see how it works, and if it works again, you keep going to that to that well until it goes dry. Brevin, does Steven Adams start game three? Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I kind of tend to agree with Eric that he that he doesn't. And, and I think that he doesn't because he's a veteran and he's been around for a long time. And it's not a situation where you have to worry about you're going to lose him. Because if the, the Grizzlies win this series and you move forward, there may still be a time where you need Steven Adams. And so uh, I, I, I think that for the matchups that work well right now, it, it makes it hard to put him on the floor. Now, if he does go in the starting lineup, uh, then he has to be a monster on the offensive glass. 
He has to be a, the same way Tillman rolled to the basket. He's got to roll to the basket hard. You have to present yourself to be a, an offensive option just to at least take a defender. Because when you're not an option, now they're playing five on four. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that he didn't do enough of those hustle things to make the impact that we're accustomed to seeing. And, and like Eric said, you, we don't got time to say, oh, well, we'll see what happens. You, seeing what happens le- leads to losing games, and, and you don't need to do that. I was going to ask both of you if, you, if you saw that, where multiple times in the last ball game, Tillman and Clark slipped the screen and became that offensive threat, and it really threw Minnesota's defensive scheme for a loop with that 3-2 kind of shell hybrid zone they play at the top. You try to set that screen on Beverly. If you just stay planted there and don't go to the basket, you're they're running into a double team. We saw Tillman slip that screen. There was the pass from Jada Brandon Clark underneath mm-hmm. because they, like you said, made themselves offensive threats. And that's just not where Steven seems comfortable. It's not a knock on him, but we've seen him all through the year get underneath the basket, catch a pass, and go, well, I'm not used to this. They're not. I'm not used to getting the ball in my career underneath here because I've always just been the screen guy, rebound guy, and now you got a point guard that'll give him the ball, and we've seen him in games get a little aggressive on the offensive end, I, and I agree with Previn. I think if he plays, if they do say, hey, you can get out there, but you've got to make yourself a, a, a part of the offense. You can't just be this guy that's super cool catching the ball and trying to make a pass because you want everybody else to get involved. you got to be a threat, or else you, they're playing five on four. Back in April of 1997, a young buck in St. Louis who was working on the radio named Rob Fisher was reading an article in a newspaper. The newspaper, this thing you used to read, open up, you know, and look at stuff. And read. There were, there were words. articles out of them. Yeah, there were words in them and stuff. I read this article. It was about uh, prom season and also wedding season. And, and how girls and women get their hair done, you know, during prom and wedding season. And I've lived my life with this mantra because I went to prom a month later with Mo Vanderite. And Mo came down the stairs and she got her hair all done. And I looked at her and I thought, who the hell is that? It didn't even look like Mo. So my theory always has been go with the hair that got you there, man. Steven Adams has started every game he's been available as a Memphis Grizzlies except the entire – he's been available? He's, except one. He's he came off the bench one? One game, yeah. We okay, came, came off the our... bench one game, whatever. You used to under the bus. How did, Mo's not listening. She was wonderful, dear, a dear, a wonderful person. Um, but the hair, come on, Mo. Go with the hair that got you there, girl. Um, how do you – how do you – how do you – how do you just – how do you just change it up, man? This is you. You got here as a number two seed with Stephen, and I know the matchup's difficult. I know it is, and 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 I'm cool saying, let's see how it goes. But we got to have a quick hook. I'm cool with that. But how do you not? How do you not go with the hair that got you there? Well, I, the, the the thing is, first off, I had no no understanding of where the hell you were going with the beginning. <laughs> but I brought it together, I, I right? I concur. But where are you going with? Didn't this? I bring it together? It took forever. What to if Bo's hair made her look I, great? I, I, I have no, I had no idea about th- that part. But as, as, as far as the basketball <laughs> side goes, <laughs> if you want to, uh, you want to do the Kendrick Perkins, Royale Ivy situation when he was in Oklahoma City where you go out and play the first three minutes of the first quarter, the first three minutes of the third, fourth quarter, but you don't play anymore, all right, it's fine with me. If you want to keep some type of synergy or what you've done, 
That's fine. And if things are going well, then he plays a little bit longer. I don't have a problem with it. I just believe that what we have seen over these two games and what has worked against the Timberwolves in the past has not been being bigger than them. Mm-hmm. What has worked in the past against them is playing towns with a smaller guy and getting up under him as best you can and then trying to see can you frustrate him into the game that he had in game two and not let him be the efficient guy that we had in game one. And so when you go into a hostile environment, I don't want to give you anything even early. I don't want any early energy. I don't want any positive feel. We didn't allow no early from Towns, no early from Edwards. Neither one of them. And so because of that, things in game one, both of them got running early. So my thing is don't even give them the chance to get going. I, 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 I love Steven Adams as much as anyone else. But this is about winning basketball games. I understand. I think I think it boy, I I think it's bold for a coach to do it. I think it'd be really bold by Taylor Jenkins. I think it opens you up for second guessing, which, you know, that's part of being a coach. I, I, I guess him anyway. I think it's one of those things that it's gotta work. And, and I and you know, and I I mean that's when coaches look smart. I mean he I he doesn't start Stephen Adams tomorrow, the Grizzlies win. It's like brilliant, brilliant, brilliant move. He doesn't and all of a sudden things feel out of order. Well then you know, what did you do that for? You should have gone with the hair that got you there. Well, and, only, and you decided not to. If the hair that got you there isn't as good as the new hairdo, what if what if it makes you look better? I don't know. They well, here's the only thing, up, only man. way, only way that, only other way that I give you a little bit of a nod of what you're saying is, where does he play if he doesn't start? Like, are you saying that he doesn't start? He doesn't play at all. I'm because assuming if he doesn't start, why would he play unless you have that, foul trouble? So that's that's that that's why I could understand and say. I, I see why you would still lean towards let's keep us intact, see what happens, but it's going to be a short hook. Wow. That, it would, it would, I think it would still surprise me, but it wouldn't shock me. I think it would be a bold move by a coach. Now I'm going to ask you this question, which I'm, I'm ashamed to even ask because he was terrific. And coach talked after the game about the defensive communication. Xavier Tillman was – it it was it, it was visible to see his constant communication on the defensive end, which was I, I thought he was he was terrific in every facet of the game, but say I mean is that Xavier Tillman? I mean, are you gonna are you expecting that every night from Xavier Tillman? Why not? I mean, Xavier Tillman's a guy that wasn't getting minutes. Yeah, but when he got him, he was. Productive, was good. Was he not? I mean, BK, you, but, but, you've been in those locker rooms where guys that but they're guys, don't I mean, get a lot of time because they're just the 11th or 12th guy. But because he's but there 11th are, or 12th guy on a deep roster doesn't mean he can't play. But there are, also, just, there are also guys who are, who are backups. Right. And you want your backups to perform. That's why they have an sure, award called Six Man but of the Year. But your they're backup backups. Awesome. Yeah, but... Right, but he's a backup to Steven Adams in a season where... You can get away on a regular season game on a Thursday in Milwaukee with Adams having a bad matchup and still recover from that. And if you lose that one game, okay, so be it. We'll figure out how to make that better in the next matchup. Whereas in a best-of-seven series, and you're literally just in the locker room trying to exploit every matchup you can get. If you've got one that's favoring you right now, where Xavier Tillman 
like Brevin was talking about, gets up under Carl Anthony Towns. He's not getting a clean look from straightaway three because Adams has to back away, or he's not getting that quick first step and doing those giant strides from the free throw line where he covers 15 feet in two steps, and you're, you can do one of two things, foul him or give him a basket. He's going to the free throw line. He's going to score. And it's not anything against Steven. It's just that's how good Carl Anthony Towns is. But when Tillman presses up, takes away the space, and can, because of his physical strength, even though he's not seven feet tall, bump him a little bit off his line, you saw Towns start to get frustrated. And it's the same thing that can happen to Jaron when he goes against a little bit shorter, a little bit quicker guy, and he tries that long stride. We've talked about this throughout the season in private where we'd like to see him go down with a hard dribble, and I think he did it in game one and then got an offensive foul because he shouldered right into Jared Vanderbilt and knocked him into Saturday, <laughs> or into Sunday, I mean. and uh, the But the quickness advantage going to the defender and getting in front of the man with the ball changes the aspect. And they did the same thing with Anthony Edwards. Instead of backing away and waiting for him to make that move, we're like, okay, we'll take the space away from you, confident that our rotation will take away just a straight-line drive. This isn't going to be like the Tuesday night play-in game where the Clippers just decided to give him a, a, a runway down the center of the lane and he had that monster dunk in the fourth quarter. They did a great job closing that off, and you could see it frustrated him too a little bit, and he started missing shots. Brevin, I'm a coach. I have a veteran, Stephen Adams, who had a career year for our team that is the second – best team in all of the NBA and I'm sitting him for 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 a guy who I haven't given minutes to well the, the thing is uh, it's the more the more we sit and talk about it and the more we we, we get the more I think about it it is staying maybe in the short hook realm and I, and I think yeah, of it like this because you beat this you beat this wolves team you know you, you got to play the warriors in the next round so you're gonna need him still to play because he plays Kevon Looney, and that in that situation you know, can work for you. That you still need him to be active. And so to say you go out and the thing would you say with Xavier Tillman was Xavier Tillman didn't do anything that was super special to be effective in in game two. No, he, didn't he, do did, he, he did what he all, did all, all year. All he did was set good screens, roll to the basket, make two dunks, <laughs> made a floater. On the other end, he moved his feet defensively. He talked. So we, we, he didn't. He didn't go out and make four threes. Mm-mm. He didn't go out and make a, between the legs, behind the back, step back, jump shot. He didn't do that. So can he do what he did in game two? Yes, because he all he did was do Xavier Tillman things six that we that we've seen him do. Yeah. Um, so, but in terms of how they rotate is is where how many minutes do you expect from that? I mean that that becomes more so the question, and so that tends to lead me back to maybe you start them with the short hook, but it's got to be a short hook. Mm-hmm. It can't be anything extended to see if it can't turn. Uh, all right, so now we're even at a game of peace. Uh, we saw Minnesota play really well, and the Grizzlies play very poorly. Uh, then we saw the Grizzlies play very well and Minnesota not play very well. Um, I, I I believe we're somewhere in the middle. Is that how you look at it? Yeah, I think that you, you got, again, the, the fouls and the free throws dictated what Taylor Jenkins did, and you found a, a, a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. And like you said, Brevin Xavier comes in and just does what he does and got good looks. He got great looks around the basket. Didn't try to do too much, which is what you want your role guys to do. Brandon Clark's been doing that. D'Anthony Melton gave you a boost and, and knocked down a couple of shots because he – wasn't there in game one at all. So I think game two, as Brevin said, is more like what the Grizzlies are than as opposed to game one. I mean, you think about game one, they still scored 117 points. 
shot below 30% from three and did a ton of it from the free throw line. This team is not successful, as we've all seen throughout the year, when they take a ton of free throws and that's how they're scoring. They're, they're successful when they're scoring in the flow and they're feeling good about themselves, even on made baskets. I was mm-hmm. telling some of the Minnesota guys, they're like, well, God, you guys are great at fast break points. I said, you know what's crazy about that is they're probably about six to eight points better than that number. I'm like, what do you mean? So you don't get credit for a fast break basket off another team's make. And how many times this year have we seen a team chipping away at that lead, makes a big bucket, guy goes down, pounding his chest, look at me, I, 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 we're coming for you. You know, what players do, and I love that emotion. And all the Grizzlies do is take it out of the net, Desmond Bain runs down, hits a three or gets a layup, or Jaron hits a dunk, or Job makes a play at the rim, and the other guys are still standing around watching. So that's a, that's a wrap. Brevin, quickly. You gotta go. You gotta go do another interview. I gotta go do another interview, but the Grizzlies will win Game Three, and then we're gonna be very happy. Yeah. Yeah, you go double book on your own podcast. That's beautiful. That That is an NBA former athlete, a former. Man, we're getting flooded with interview requests. So, but yeah, Brevin, uh, Brevin's gotta go and do one right now. Beautiful. Uh, But uh, RBK, I I think I think Game Three is gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. Like you said earlier, playing a different team, playing in a new venue. I mean, just to see how electric it's gonna be. Uh, in Target Center You're looking forward tomorrow. to the grilled cheese that you didn't bring up before he left. I'm getting a grilled cheese tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that over at the Loon. And uh, I, I can't wait. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And, I mean, I, I, I still think it's going to be a long series. And, yeah, you it's, know, it's it, – hey, got to get out of here with taking one of these two. It's going to be awfully difficult for it not to be a long series at this point because we've seen that they uh, – the Wolves, that is, they – Mm-hmm. can make adjustments and, and, and create some problems for the Grizzlies, both in the regular season. We saw it in, the, in game one. And I think Chris Finch is a very good coach. So I think that there will be some different looks tomorrow night for the basketball game. But, you know, look, it, it also would not shock me if the Grizzlies had the answer and come out and win game three, and then all the pressure falls on the shoulder of the Wolves. If they, don't get, if they lose game three on their home floor and then they don't get game four, that's a wrap. Yeah. We're, we're, we're wrapping this sucker up faster. And that's I remember distinctly when the Grizzlies played the Blazers. Now, granted, Wes Matthews had ruptured his Achilles, and it, it opened the door for C.J. McCollum to be C.J. McCollum. So um, it, it really was a different, uh, uh, a different look for them, and the Grizzlies took full advantage of that because Matthews was the one right. guy that was really hurting the Grizzlies that regular season. So... I do remember, though, after game three where, you know, the, the Blazers' backs are against the wall. It was a 3 nothing Memphis lead. And Antonio Harvey, who was doing their radio analyst at the time, says, I can't believe we just won game four, man. We're just going to get on a plane and go to Memphis and take a butt kicking and turn around and come <laughs> home. That's a long flight to go to get your you-know-what whipped. And yeah. I got to wonder if they, you know, again, like that puts all that pressure on game four if you take game three. So, I think you got to go out and leave it. That's why I think maybe you make that adjustment. I could see the short hook part for Brevin. But if you take game three, you've got the control back, and now everything falls on their shoulders on a late-night start where they're going to be sitting around thinking about it. And the Grizzlies, I don't think they'll ever get as calm and relaxed as they were going into game one. I didn't think that they were necessarily lazier. You know, the energy wasn't matched. I think it was because they were trying not to engage and try to, they were worried about getting too hyped up. I don't think you can get too hyped up. I think now with the hype that you can basically, um, you know, use that to your advantage and use that for your energy. 
I, I think it's I think it's going to be fascinating. I also want to say this, boy, the show has just gotten so much bigger. No, we fired him. Now he's that, not, no, he's not part that, of the team. Now that Knight, now that Brevin Knight has left, here come sit on the ledge over here, our guest ledge from Grind City Media. Michael Wallace yeah, is I, here I, in Minneapolis I, I with us as well. He did game one, and then we didn't. They didn't win, and then Elliot did game two, and I just text Michael. I said, you know, like like. Uh, What's his name from uh, Happy Gilmore? Uh, the the uh, Shooter McGavin looked at his cat. He goes, well, you're fired. <laughs> he did, man. I got fired. You know what I'm saying? Elliot came in, stepped in. We called the what, the, the best, most lopsided playoff win in franchise yeah. history, right? And, and where were on you? The night when I'm, where were you? <laughs> not like, on the like broadcast. Like in this 56-win season, where were you? <laughs> not on the not broadcast. On the broadcast All right, I'm asking you the question. I just came by to see if you had any Cokes from the plane. I do have some Cokes. Okay, you need good, a Coke? good, good. That was yeah. me calling. All right. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I heard the phone. <laughs> they, I didn't know they, what to they do. They got a giant target right in the, in the man, I walkway. Like, I didn't feel like walking that far. And I, I, you it's know, not that far. I'm a rookie, man. I hadn't been on the plane much all season, man. I only did two trips this year. So I forgot about the Cokes. The, the Cokes, yeah. And they the had them this time. I got some they Cokes. Did. They did. Yeah, so they I, think, I think we got playoff bonuses. Yeah, I just need to come <laughs> back. Remember an eight men out when they won the division yeah. and he sent them flat champagne? He goes, yes. can he, can we, what can we expect that bonus? He goes, this is your bonus. This is your and he bonus. says, it's flat. There we go. So I'm going to earn this Coke. All right, here I'm you go. I'm, I'm asking you the important question of Night Court here today. This is Night Court, by the way. You're yes. an avid listener. I know of Night Court. guys. Where's the other night? He had to leave to go to another interview. Yeah. I know the bishop is right here. Where's the yeah, night? He left for another interview. That yeah, was more right. important. No, that was this. Jim Jackson going to look for him. Yeah, no That's kidding. Jim Jackson in the lobby. Yeah, for I so. um, <laughs> Big time. Is Steven Adams starting tomorrow? Ooh. I don't think so. Oh my gosh, you I people. Don't, I, I don't think so. I you just, so. you peopled your friends. Yeah, yes. I, 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 I can't believe so. it. I don't think so. And only because, like, Steven has proven all year long that this is okay with him. Like, he's, he's willing to be a soldier. I mean, obviously, he has pride just like everyone else. But if you remember at the beginning of the season, he really – I mean, he, he started, but he really wasn't a big minutes guy early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he started to play better. And remember, I think he made his first 16 free throws mm-hmm. at yeah. the beginning of the season, but he didn't play a lot of minutes. And then his minutes started to increase once he became an offensive rebounder and felt more comfortable in the offense. But I don't know if you start him, um, considering the success that you've had. But having said that, I do think Chris Finch and Carl Anthony Towns will have an adjustment, and that adjustment is you're going to see a lot of pick and roll action between D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, with Carl Anthony diving into the lane, and he's going to be a mid post, low post initiator as opposed to trying to initiate from out top. Brevin thought short hook, and when you go back to the thing about Stephen Adams, I I remember talking with Brad Jones, and we were talking about Stephen Adams, and he said. He walked into the office and he was so excited about the opportunity to get a fresh start somewhere because after those years in Oklahoma City where basically all he was doing was boxing out guys so Russell Westbrook could grab rebounds yeah. and just kind of playing like not even a fiddle in the band. He might have had a fiddle in a case and he wasn't even <laughs> busting out the bow. Uh, and then he just wasn't didn't really fit in with what they were doing in New Orleans and, and that coaching staff obviously now gone. Willie Green's there. He walked in, Taylor Jenkins says, he said, Coach, I'll do whatever you want me to do because I am excited to be here. This is a great locker room. I will Anything you need me to do, you just let me know. And that's the kind of player he's been all year. So I think that Taylor knows he has that leeway with him. And like Michael said, he's got pride like anybody else. Right. But I think if Taylor went to him and said, hey, we're going to try this for game three because it works so well in game two, and if it's not working, we'll switch it, or if it doesn't work and we lose game three, we'll go back to it the, the other way in game four. You can make adjustments. So that's why I think that the, the, the opportunity is there to try it. 
or you go short hook. I, I can see Brevin's Man. point about the short hook, but you, you, you're sitting there saying play him 20 minutes. No, 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 I'm, I'm saying I'm – You're talking I'm, about I'm, mowing her hair from senior prom. Yeah, Ma- Michael, it was – Michael, it was – crazy. It was April 1997, Michael. Here we, here we go again. Like, this went nowhere. No, like, <laughs> no. This is, 97 was a very good year My thing, me, My so. thing is go with the for hair. You? For me, it was. Go with the hair that got you there. This guy – Got has, you where? Well, the number eight. two seed, the best second is, best record in all of the NBA, and he had a career year. Hey, he did, when, but when, it's a different series. It's a different on season. April 11th. You know what everybody's record was? Zero and zero. I understand that. And you know where he got or you? Or not Down 0-1. <laughs> Down 0-1 because well, he I'm not blaming Stephen Adams for, for game one. I mean, it's not all on him. I mean, to me, a lot of it because I, I think Stephen Adams. The biggest question with Stephen Adams if he doesn't start, yeah, is he going to have to be pressed into duty because of foul trouble? I mean, the Grizzlies. Jaron's availability as long as, is as, long as, is, the is as important don't as anything. First quarter. See, the problem with Minnesota is that they don't have a traditional big at all. Carl Anthony Towns is it. And if he's going to play outside and he's going to beat you off the dribble, you know, Reed is a three-point shooting big guy. I understand. So he, he floats too. So there's really no place to play Adams. I know, I know it's a bad matchup. We yeah. all know it's yeah. a bad yeah. matchup. It just is. But So why force him in? You know, there's no reason. And, and plus, the Grizzlies want to force him in. He's, he's the he's, hair that got you. Force there. him in. He was penciled in every every night. But that was different teams every other night too, though, right? This played Minnesota four times. You did, and and it was two two. And you know, I mean, it was it was D'Angelo Russell that hurt you more so than Carl Anthony Towns, although he had yeah. a couple of good games. But you played but those four games without now. Dylan, and now with Dylan in there, look what D'Angelo Russell has he's done. Doing. I that know. I know. I just think season is checkers. I think this it's real checks. bold, man. I think it's really bold for a coach to make that move after have, going it the is. other way for an entire season. And, and I'll give him credit for it if he makes the move. I, I mean, I, I'd be like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go make it work. And we, but it better, it. it better work. But we've seen it. He did. Uh, uh, Kyle Anderson was a starter. Then he wasn't a starter. Well, they were starters year, because there were people out. But but I'm just saying. I mean, but that's there's never been a fixed lineup here. Even the primary five have only played 11 games together. Right? Zaire Williams so, started 31 games. Right. But I mean, that was no, that was obviously well, yeah, because of guys were out. But right. but remember, he went he went he went Brandon Clark year one, and then he went Xavier Tillman year two. We didn't see Brandon Clark because Brandon Clark last starting year, in year one was not good as a starter. Last he year, had struggles. Last no. year, last year, Tyus Jones had a decent year. We get to the playoffs. He's not even barely in a rotation. Yeah, that you know, crazy. but that's coming off the bench. I mean, this is different. This is your start. No, that that was crazy to me last year because missing him in the bubble was one of the biggest reasons I thought they struggled the way they did. And and instead of that was a mistake. being that in was the in the postseason where they could have been as the eight seed, because remember they had a good lead. They they were in prime position. All they had to do was basically go five hundred. And Tyus and goes out, and, seven. and we they went, went one, one and seven. seven. Yeah, and I, I know Jaron's injury had an impact on that, but not having Tyus in the bubble yeah. was huge, huge, yeah. huge. And then, yes, and then last year <laughs> he doesn't play that much against Utah because of the matchups, because of their size, because of the way they can switch everything on the ball, and Royce O'Neal can hound whoever's right. guarding the right. ball, right. and you know when they take Mike Conley out because and, and Donovan Mitchell's facilitating the offense. And it's Jordan Clarkson. It was a tough thing for Tyus to be a part of in their eyes. Yeah. But I thought it was. In, I thought that was very interesting. And then this year he comes out and you know, look. You I know he one. wasn't going to be a six man of the year candidate just because those guys that are candidates usually are scores. 
Tyus Jones was one of the most valuable backup point guards in, in the, the NBA, no hands question. down. No, yeah, question. no doubt, no, question. no doubt. All right, uh, Eric, uh, tomorrow night, uh, the, the game is at, what time's the game? 6.30. 6.30. Uh, so you'll be on the air. Pre-game starts at 6, six with Jessica. Show. Jessica will start it. Michael will jump on the pregame show when he's not doing TV with you guys because he's a multi-talented uh, media superstar yep. that, that we're just blessed to have him That's on, right. our, on our broadcast That's and in right. our presence. So, yeah, we'll start at 6.30. Michael and I will have the call. Uh, from the Target Center. Okay, and you're going, Michael. You're going to be on the pregame show, as Eric mentioned, on Bally Sports, yes. and uh, I'm sure you'll be doing some Grind City Media stuff yes. too. Yes, pre-wine. Uh, I just wrote my game day column uh, tonight. It'll be on GrindCityMedia.com tonight and then tomorrow morning on the bench, obviously, and, also. and, and on the uh, adjustments that uh, Taylor Jenkins have had to make, as we just talked about. These are all pluses, though. He's reacting, but he's he's reacting from a position of strength now because of what we've seen from Brandon Clark. Xavier Tillman, and uh, Kyle Anderson. And I think all three of those guys play well, and we'll see if they can keep it going. We will have the TV broadcast for you at 6 o'clock on Valley Sports Southeast with tip-off at 6, or 6 o'clock, yeah, and then tip-off at 6.30 from, <coughs> oh, excuse me, from Target Center. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Go Grizz. Mem this. By the way, I have to mention this before we get out of here. I, I told Drew Hill and DeMichael Cole both yesterday, I want an article written if we can go back and figure out how many different mentalities Taylor Jenkins has mentioned uh, this season. Yeah. You know, you got your next man up mentality, mm -hmm. you got mm -hmm. your next play mentality, you got your defensive rebound mentality. Get and your last, vitamins mentality. Get your vitamin mm -hmm. mentality. I mean, everything's a mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Last yeah. night was my favorite one of the season. He said... We've got to come in here with a pissed mentality. Ooh, yeah, and I was ooh, like, what? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, he said he used the word pissed in our pregame show. He's like, they were pissed, and they should have been. Yeah. Like, All right, So a go. pissed mentality oh, is what the Grizzlies came out with last night. Yeah, right. All right. Let's get pissed. Let's get pissed. <laughs> go Grizz. Hashtag pissed tomorrow. Ain't no running in the M. No that running in the Minneapolis M. Minneapolis, too. That's right. That's <laughs> Minneapolis as well. All right, and I'm Rob Fisher, Michael Wallace, Eric Castletine, Brevin Knight, Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy game three. We'll talk to you again before game four. Uh, until then, uh, go Grizz. And as Brevin would say, peace.